Welcome to ACC Nation. That's Will. I'm Jim. Yeah. Mugging it up as usual. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a little it's a little chilly here, so the uh, cup is full of hot chocolate. All right, good stuff. Put anything else in there with it? I had a little bit of, of whipped cream on the top, but it's well, already no, no, That's not what I'm asking. I don't want that Midwest answer. Come on now. Oh, don't you know? <laughs> we hear Sven and all this. <laughs> no, no, I, I did not put any uh, alcohol in. Help you sleep better at night. Or so they say. Eh, wouldn't know Depends. about these things. Hmm. Sometimes can't, they, get a, can't guarantee you're going to wake up the next morning uh, feeling the right way. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you even w- wake up in the trunk of a car. So, <laughs> uh, story for if another time. If you know, time. you know. That's right. If you know, you know. Winter sports are in full swing. And speaking of which, we've got a look at the D1 baseball a preseason top 25, number 10, NC State, number 11, Florida State, and number 13, Notre Dame. Those aren't the only teams. The guys at D1 Baseball had some great things to say about the Pac-9 on their podcast. You should check that out. We've got the uh, top five plus the full slate of ACC teams in the poll at accnation.net. You want to check that story out and a couple others that we have there. And a reminder for you that Aaron Fitt of D1 Baseball is going to be joining us on February 1st. Uh, we'll talk about all kinds of stuff. Just baseball. What are you? T- who am I kidding? It's going to be nonstop baseball. And it'll well, be. Be good I was going to say the way things are going, this might be the only baseball you get for a while. Uh, this is true. This is true. We'll see how this all, all plays out. <clears throat> Speaking mm-hmm. of stories to read at the site, the uh, latest U.S. Fencing Coaches Association Top 30 has two number one ACC teams, and they're both the same. How is that possible? You'll have to read. Coming up, the latest uh, CSCAA swimming and diving poll is out. The top 25 and tied for second in the men's competition is NC State. And meanwhile, on the women's side, at the top slot, it's Virginia. So, uh, in gymnastics, NC State and North Carolina are having an early battle. The Wolfpack are ranked number 25. Tar Heels are at number 26. Other non-conference sports, Notre Dame men's ice hockey ranked 13th in the latest poll. Boston College men are in the RV category. No action for the BC women who are normally in the poll every year, but not so far this year that I can tell. I haven't seen any action there. Um, Getting into conference action, meanwhile, in tennis, uh, the Virginia men are tied for 7th. North Carolina women are ranked 3rd nationally. And if you haven't listened to the latest episode of ACC Nation, well, we invite you to do that now. Our special guest is Kelly Quinlan of Jackets Online. We had a great conversation about football and uh, basketball in Atlanta. Some some interesting stuff going on down there. And you really want to listen to Kelly talk about that because, man, there's some, some things that sort of raises my eyebrows just a little bit on the side uh, talking to him. Interesting stuff. And a heads mm-hmm. up for you Hokies fans. Chris Coleman of Tech Sideline is our special guest on Monday, January 24th. We'll talk about the newest addition to the head coaches club in Blacksburg. And then some thoughts on how Mike Young is doing with basketball. And speaking of basketball, Will, let's talk about some hoops. Because that's the main sport that's going on right now. And we can certainly talk a little bit about... Uh, Ah, let's see. On the women's side, 
<laughs> That's where the action is, ladies and gentlemen. I was going to say, get the positive stuff, uh, you know, out in front here. <laughs> yeah. um, on the women's side, the AP Top 25, the latest, uh, number three, Louisville, and number four, NC State. This is some really great action going on there. Also, at number 18, it's Georgia Tech, number 19, Notre Dame, number 20, UNC, and at number 21, it's Duke, and in the RV category, Virginia Tech is hanging in there. I think uh, Virginia Tech is showing just enough that they're probably going to be um, – I think they're bracket-worthy easily. So mm-hmm. Now, over on the AP Top 25 men's basketball side, oh, this is this is not a great year for ACC men's basketball. That's an understatement. It stinks. Yes, it does. Number six, Duke. And if you're waiting for anything else, don't hold your breath. Um, in the RV category, we've got Miami and UNC, and I don't know if uh, if UNC will actually stay in there or not. Boy, um, after after that effort, who hmm. can rescind those uh, votes? Crazy stuff. Um, you know, it was interesting the the conversation. Uh, well, we've got a piece up on the uh, on the website, and I'll remind you, it's accnation.net. Um, that talks about the the latest bracketology, which we're getting into. Um, and the, the couple of folks over on Reddit, um, one a Wake Forest fan and, um, and uh, no, I'm sorry, it was a Louisville fan because I'm thinking I'm turning things around here. Wake Forest was in the baseball. I'll throw that in there maybe a little later. But anyway, on basketball side, it was a Louisville fan and a Virginia fan. And... Uh, Negative vibes, man. Negative vibes. And I, I just uh, wanted to let you guys know that there's always next year. And we haven't even gotten to the ACC tournament yet. And things magically happen around ACC tournament time, Will. Yeah. And, you know, I sympathize, obviously, you know, with a Virginia fan because, you know, they're they have underachieved compared to expectations this year. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, they came in, you know, I think projected to be fourth in the league. And I think right now they're somewhere coming into Wednesday, somewhere around eighth or ninth. And those questions about the scoring have persisted all season, you know, from game one. And except for a game here or there, they have not really scored, you know, consistently well. And as far as Louisville goes, I don't think there's any more of a, uh, a fitting thing than the game on Wednesday night being delayed due to a leak in the uh, Yum Center uh, roof, which, you know, that's, you know, I guess it's just like their offense. It's leaky. (laughs) Kind of a, you know, but yeah, very disappointing year. And obviously you're hearing the calls for Chris Mack to, you know, be fired, which is, you know, that his tenure has been a bit of a disappointment, but it is what it is. I mean, you know, they're, they've had the talent. They This year, this team just doesn't feel like they have uh, gelled at all. Let me ask you something. You were talking about Chris Mack and people calling for his head and everything. It's I I just kind of slough a lot of that off. But, I mean, is there anything to that, Will? I mean, is he's had a, a rough ride, to say the least. So I mean, I mean they've had – some success, not yeah. the kind of success you would expect, especially, uh, you know, with his first year, it looked like they were going to be, you know, the trajectory was there for them to be, you know, a consistent NCAA tournament team, but they just have not been there. And 
Uh, obviously, he got himself in a little bit of trouble the, uh, uh, this offseason with uh, the whole Dino Gaudio thing, and he gets suspended. That that doesn't look good on him. But I, I like I don't I I, I don't have the uh, the figures in front of me. But what's the buyout? Um, he I know he's got a a pretty lengthy contract, if I'm not mistaken. But what is the what's the buyout on that thing? I don't know if that's something the school can afford, especially if roofs are leaking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah if the roof is leaking, that is not a good sign. Um, <clears throat> I don't see Chris Mack leaving there anytime soon. If you're uh, you know somebody that's hoping that he he will, I don't see it. I I think it would be a mistake to to uh, run Mack out of town. To be honest with you, um, I get the feeling <clears throat> this year. It's kind of an anomaly year. I mean, you, every once in a blue moon, uh, you have down seasons. And, you know, things have still not settled down because of COVID. There's a lot of other things thrown in, too. It's just, just all kinds of stupid stuff, unsettling stuff. And um, I think it, it takes a while for the dust to settle and people kind of get their feet up underneath them again. That's what I feel like is going on in college basketball this season. The ACC specifically just has looked horrendous. We talked about the you specifically brought up the word consistency. There is no consistency, and you can all you have to do is look at the scoreboard over the last month and see the scores. Um, I've never seen anything like this, where you know you have one or two points, overtime games. It's just like now there's one or two things going on here. There, there's either a horrible lack of consistency or we're actually getting to a point where there's parity. I tend to think the first is right. Yeah, I'm afraid so. Um, it, it, and you know, we see in North Carolina is like the perfect example of this. I mean, we see we saw their previous two games. You know, they beat up on Virginia and Georgia tech granted their mid pack or lower in the league. Right. But what happened to them on Tuesday night against Miami, they had it done to them. Yep. Yeah. It's crazy. It really is. It's, it's just crazy. There's, I, I find no rhyme or reason. And I think it's very frustrating. Obviously it's frustrating for the coaches. It's just as frustrating for some of the players based upon comments and actions that have gone on. Usually these kinks are worked out earlier in the season. So I think maybe the, you know, it's been a kinky season folks, but not in the way you wanted. Yeah. Uh, we're not, <laughs> not that kind of kinky. Yeah. It's, it, you know, right. Yeah. It, hey, the, uh, the title of the uh, bracketology st- uh, story is perfect for that. Pain, no pleasure. <laughs> so, all right let's talk about bracketology here let's talk uh about uh right now joe lenardi just came out with his his most recent college basketball bracket um he's got his four number one seeds and in the midwest it's auburn okay that may change again i in the, if if auburn doesn't again this is a consistency factor no slam on auburn but i mean you have to be consistent to stay at that number one slot. Midwest, number one, Auburn. The West, it's Gonzaga. And the East, it's Arizona. 
And in the South, it's Baylor. Now, <clears throat> let's talk about uh, the teams from the ACC that have been selected in uh, Lenardi's bracket. Uh, and, and then look at the teams that are in that first, that first round. And, and let, let's get your thoughts uh, on this, Will. Our first team is um, in the Midwest. Number 10 seed is uh, Miami. Okay? And that's going to be in Fort Worth. So, Miami, Seton Hall, number two seed, Kansas, and Princeton. Obviously, number two, Kansas, is going to be huge. You know? Yeah, well, uh, we should keep in mind, too, that this was posted on Tuesday morning before Miami um, laid a keg of whoop-ass on North Carolina. So that'd probably be a seed line (laughs) bump up right there. It wasn't just a can. It was a keg. It was a keg. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe a ground. You know, Seton Hall is a team that has had its moments. I mean, there's they've had some decent point through the season but i think they've been kind of like going downhill a little bit of late uh yeah they've lost their last two games they lost to depaul if that gives you any indication where where things stand up and then they just lost by one at marquette um not i mean they did beat texas but texas is not as good this year as they have been in years past uh, even you know, they were a preseason top five team but that team has just not gelled whatsoever uh they beat michigan but again michigan's one of the most disappointing teams in the country they've fallen completely off the map and uh you know just like texas um uconn at home you know overtime win that's a nice win that's you know they're probably their biggest win of substance right now as far as i'm concerned but mm-hmm. um depending on the day i probably would take miami to win that really to be honest yeah I feel it is like, I think the thing is, as long as Miami's healthy, they can, they can stay up there and win the league. Interesting. Okay. Well, um, that's, that's encouraging. At least we have one but, so far that might make it. Well, that, that. There, there might be a little bit of recency bias built into that. Sure. Maybe. Cause what happened the last time we saw Miami? Yeah. Well, we've got plenty of podcasts to go, so we'll, we'll stick yeah. with the recency bias. It's okay. In the West, uh, number 11 seed is Wake Forest. They're also going to be uh, paired up with Alabama, number three, Illinois, and Wagner. They'll be playing in Indianapolis. Yeah, Alabama's, they're a strange team. <laughs> Lately, I mean, they yeah. beat Gonzaga. They've beat Houston. Mm-hmm. They've beat Tennessee. They lost to Missouri, ranked 139th on Ken Pop. Lost to Iona as well. I mean, no shame in losing to Rick Pitino, but this is the team that relies on the three-pointer a lot. Um, I don't know what they're, they're, I think they're, I think a little under 50% of their shots are three-pointers and they're ranked to their 246 in the country and in those shots. So doesn't, seems like if the, you know, this is a classic case of, if the threes aren't falling, then you can beat them. Um, I don't know if Wake could win that game. I think they would have a, a bit of an inside presence. I'd love to see Alondis Williams go up against you know this Alabama defense, but 
Uh, I think they would probably, I, I don't know if I would take Wake to win that game, but the fact that they're in the bracket, the bracketology, given they were projected to finish maybe next to last in the league this year, probably, right. uh, you know, that it's a huge success for this not, team. Not bad at all. Um, yeah, I would say that Alabama is another one of those recency issues that, that they've kind of been dipping lately. And there's there's some struggles going on there, and I'm not sure what that's about. Um, there is a level of inconsistency there. Um, I would be concerned with number three Illinois. Um, yeah, if they were, you know, if they can, depending, like what their thing is, is if they have, if you have a big man that can match up with Kofi Coburn, then they you stand a chance. If if you uh, if you don't, then they're they're probably going to win. Now, in the East, we've got number two, Duke, number two seed, Duke. This is going to be played in Greenville. Um, the highest-ranked team uh, that they potentially could face in this one is number seven, Iowa. Then there's St. Mary's, and there's Navy. Now, I don't want to say cakewalk because, you know, there is a lack of consistency from time to time coming out of Duke as well. So, you know, somebody could reach up and, and smack them just as easily as anybody else. But this looks like one of the more surefire uh, first rounds that they can get through of any of the ACC teams. Well, yeah, 15-2. F- uh, but then again, we have seen Navy beat an ACC school earlier this season. <laughs> this is true. I mean, different situation. But, yeah. but yeah. yeah, I would love to see a matchup between them and Iowa, though. Like yeah. Iowa's one of the best like offensive teams in the country. They're like top 30 and two point percentage are about 35% from three. They they're just a really good offensive team. And we've seen that like throughout the season, you know, they can be beat because they're, I would say, okay on defense. Uh, yeah. I mean, they gave up 74 points to Virginia, if that gives you any indication. So if Duke were to face Iowa in the second round, I would take the over 100%. Interesting. Then in the South, we've got uh, number seven seed, North Carolina. This is also going to be played in Indianapolis. This does not look good. Marquette, number two seed, Purdue, and Liberty. Yeah, um, not a good one. I, I would say, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they would, I think they could be Marquette, you know, Marquette's an okay team, but you know, first year for Shaka smart there. Don't think they're like super duper talented team, but I mean, they, I think, I think depending on the matchup, I think they could give Carolina game, but I think they could beat Marquette now asking them to beat Purdue again. That would be hard. I mean, granted they, they gave Purdue a, a game on a neutral back in November, only lost by nine, but Purdue, I think is playing a lot better now than they were back then. I think they, they could win that game. Yeah. I don't think there would be an issue with Liberty. No. Um, you know, but yeah, I would, I would worry more about Marquette just because of Shaka smart. Shaka smart, Shaka smart, Shaka smart. (laughs) Thank you, Rufus and Chaka Khan. Um, it's, I, I just I just think that he is um, a really strategic type of coach who can find your weakness 
and 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 really use it against you. So that might be a challenge. They don't. They don't. I don't think they have the talent on the bench to to face it to, head to head. Marquette, North Carolina. North Carolina is definitely more talented, but at the same time, uh, I'm just I'm just thinking, man. I, I have seen him do some things with VCU way back when that I just was. Like, how did you do that? How did you pull that that rabbit out of the hat? So, yeah, well, we we saw what he did at the VCU. Yep. We know we know he can do it. So that's that's the type of guy that you want to you want to that that's an X factor that a lot of people forget about. Um, you know, uh, a lot of people talk about Buzz Williams. He he is an X factor that you have to you have to be concerned about as a coach. Uh Shashevsky is an X factor. Um there's several other coaches that are the same way. They're just they, they will pick apart in their mind uh the opponent, find the weakness and and then a- attack that in some way, tear it down and and you can just see the dominoes falling on on the opponent the opposing team. So Mm -hmm. uh, that that's an X factor for me. And I, I just think sometimes we, we tend to overlook that. We tend to think that, Oh, well, it's, it's all set in stone. The coaches are all, this is, this is the way it's going to be. This is what I, I, I taught you, Um, you know, when we had practices and we're going to stick to that. Uh, Now these guys, some of these guys are, are, they're they're truly playing at 3D chess in their head, and so you you have to watch for them. They'll sneak right up on you in a heartbeat. Um, anyway, that's Lenardi's uh, bracketology, and um, we're going to look at uh, uh, in in some of the coming uh, uh, episodes. We're going to look at Charlie Cream's look at women's basketball he had one that that came out um it's going on pretty close to um almost a week ago i didn't want to get into that today uh mainly because i felt like it had aged out just enough lenardi's is is like now and uh Mm -hmm. so uh there are some changes that are going on um, in women's basketball that we need to keep a close eye on and it, it's going to impact uh, the brackets and uh, it's it's never too early especially when you're you know we're talking about it's almost the 20th of, of January so we're just you know a little bit away from hitting February and February is going to go quick so it's it's time to start really looking at bracketology and, uh, and this is part of the reason why we brought up the uh, the baseball. While baseball is is on the website, and why we're going to be having Aaron Fit on the program to talk about um, uh, not only college ball but ACC ball uh, pretty soon, because uh, literally it's a month away the start of the season. It starts right around this time next month, and so that's going to go very quick it always does spring i swear winter sports just disappear on you and the next thing you know you're in the middle of baseball season so but it's but here in minnesota it's still winter that's right and it will remain so 
until about July 1st. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> well, hey, snow's snow's all good, uh, but I'll stick with the uh, it, it comes down one day and it's all gone the next. So it's all good for me. So anyway, in the, in the grand scheme of sports, what do you see that's uh, uh, maybe a big story that, that you're thinking about? And, and let's talk about not only the ACC, but just sports in general, because mm-hmm. you, you kind of alluded to baseball here just a little while ago, and I think that was the bigger picture. So, Well, yeah, I mean, obviously in baseball, or, mm, we have no idea what the future holds for base for MLB because we don't know if there's where, where things stand, we they're blocked. They've been locked out for a couple of months and there's hardly been any talks. And, you know, maybe that spring training's approaching. We should, you know, maybe they'll start talking more, but uh, um, I would, I did want to touch on ACC football a little bit before we mm-hmm. go uh, just talk about like some of the, the players coming back and you know, st- seeing just all the change going on, especially in the coastal. I mean, we're looking at, uh, Pitt, they got, I mean, they're losing Kenny Pickett, but they get Keaton Slovis from USC. You know, he's, I think Pitt could very well be the, the coastal favorite. Um, as of recording, you know, we still don't know who the offensive coordinator at Miami is going to be. They offered the head, current head coach at Toledo and he turned it down. And I think there is, you know, some buzz about they're just the, the, you know, he, I mean, Cristobal has been known to be kind of a difficult guy to work for because he asks so much of his coordinators that they get burnt out on him. And that's, that's a situation to watch. We, like I said, we still don't know who his, his uh, head coach is. I really like the coordinators Duke is bringing in t- with Mike Elko. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to be set up for success quite, you know, I, it, it will take a couple of years, but I do believe they're going to, they're going to get there, you know, to a level similar to where they were, you know, maybe a decade ago where they're competing for bowls. Uh, the Virginia schools could have rough first years just because of attrition. Um, I, the, it, you're looking long-term. I know Virginia's got Brennan Armstrong back, Keaton Thompson back. They'll have Lavelle Davis back, um, Dontavian Wicks back. Their offenses, you know, on the skill positions are going to be absolutely loaded. But I think all five starters in the offensive line are gone. That might be a bit, a bit of a problem. Um, um they did lose Johnny Woods. He's he's in the draft, but obviously that defense was so bad that um, we we're just that you know they they have a, there's a lot to work on. And one of its best players, Wes Weeks, is now at LSU. So, and obviously a lot of uh, players from Virginia Tech uh, mostly have gone pro. They they've lost some to transfer, but a lot of them have decided to enter the draft. Um, what else? Some I know Georgia Tech. Obviously, we talked with Kelly the other day. I invite you to go back and listen to that podcast and check it out on YouTube, ACC nation on YouTube, because, you know, you get to see a lot of facial hair between Kelly and I and Jim to some extent. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Atlantic, it looks, you know, the NC state's bringing a lot back. I was, yes. I'm, I'm a, I'm a believer at NC state Clemson, huge question marks just because of all the coaching turnover. What is, what can DJ Uyangale do to improve on what was, to be frank, a rough year. Yeah. Uh, Wake Forest, can they keep it up? They obviously get Sam Hartman back for another year, but Christian Beale Swift, Christian Beale Smith is in the transfer portal. Uh, they uh, they should have Donovan Green back, so they're going to have some good good players on offense back. Florida State, this is going to be a big year for them. They got a huge, nice recruiting class. Um, Louisville's got you know obviously Satterfield on the hot seat. 
so yeah, it's going to be an interesting year coming up in ACC football, and there's still a lot to lot to uh, figure out between now and then. Um, we're going to be looking at the uh, NFL mock drafts here before too long, um, and I know it seems early. Uh, we're talking about the NFL, NFL draft is in April. Um, however, uh, this is always a good time to start looking at stuff, and I've I've seen a lot. I've seen uh, four deep so far. And it's some very interesting stuff. You brought up somebody just a moment ago in Kenny Pickett. Uh, Pete Thamel has, has moved from uh, one job over to ESPN, uh, where he is the national college uh, writer uh, for football. And um, he came out and said that uh, he believes that, that Kenny Pickett is QB number one in the NFL draft. What do you think about that? I think, I think he, he does, is deserving of that. Um, I'm just trying to think he, he, I think my, my favorite quarterback in this draft is Matt Corral at Ole Miss. I just, there's just something about him that I just really like, and it's hard for me to explain. I think, I think maybe it's just because he was coached under Lane Kiffin and I thought he just did a really good job of coaching him up. Um, I like his tool set, um, just what he can bring. He is a dual threat guy. He's probably a better passer than he is a runner, but he can run. Um, but I do, I do like Kenny Pickett, but I just, I just don't know if any of these guys are really like franchise quarterbacks. I just don't know if they're quite that good. Interesting. Uh, a lot of the, uh, the, that specific point has been brought up time and time again, um, in regard to this year's crop of, of uh, people who are out for the draft, whether or not they're of a higher quality. And I, all I can say is I want to remind everybody about where people like, uh, well, Tom Brady, uh, where he went in the draft. And there's a number of other people throughout history uh, who were not drafted very high that turned out to be excellent players. Mm-hmm. And there's tons of people who were drafted high uh, it fell flat on their face. So, um, I, I, I look at this crop and I say, these are, these are, uh, um, can't remember the, the, the term for this. And, uh, um, but the, they're solid workers, you know, mm-hmm. they're the type of people that you want to have on a team that you can build a team around. And I think will deliver for you. I could see that. Um, I mean, obviously it's always about putting the talent around them. I mean, you put, put uh Kitty Pickett in Carolina for, for, for example, and he's got nothing there really. I mean, DJ Moore's a really good receiver. Christian McCaffrey, when he's healthy is one of the best backs in the league, but we've seen his you know, trajectory the last two years, he gets hurt a lot. Can he, can he, you know, can he avoid that injury bug? put him on a, on, on other teams. Like I'm not saying he should go to the Vikings for, for example, but he's got, you know, ready-made weapons all over the place. Like Dalton cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, um, there Irv Smith will be back next year. To go. So I, it all depends on what you put around him. Yes. And obviously having a good offensive line that will keep him upright too. 